This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for having come out this morning. If you're watching this on television from a distance or if you're listening to it on podcast, we're in the midst of a snowstorm. It started snowing last night. It's supposed to snow through this evening. So the people who are here came out in the snowstorm to be at Mass. And I always think when you see the people who come out during the snowstorm, you know who the truly crazy people are. So thank you very much. I actually saw some, uh, don't give your father that look. I saw some of you at a basketball game last night and one of you said, I'll see you in the morning. And I thought, you definitely intend to be there and you know it's snowing. And I thought last night, my father, if I had heard him say that as a kid, we would have been there. Alex and Javian, you have a very good, faithful father. So today is the Feast of the Epiphany. There are two days left, today and tomorrow, in the Christmas season, 2023-24. We've talked about this all through the season. Many of us prepared during Advent for the grace of the Christmas season. Experience has shown, and it will show again, God owns time, And God uses the different liturgical seasons of the church as a gift to us, in which God offers us particular graces in the different seasons. The grace of Christmas, one way or another, is the rebirth of Jesus in people, in groups of people, who are open, not just open to that grace, but cooperate with it. We've talked about this over and over. There is no expectation that anyone knows how this will unfold in our lives or when it will unfold. I've never heard anyone say, you know, 10 days after the Christmas season, I was walking down South Broadway and pow, I felt Jesus reborn in me. That would be wonderful, but I've never heard of such a thing. It's much more that later looking back, I may have some insight into, you know, Jesus really has been reborn in my life in these concrete ways as I've lived a more active faith life after the grace of this season. We shall see. 
So the goal still for the next two days is to try to think about what are the dispositions, the ways I can carry myself, and the kinds of decisions I can make just in my regular day-to-day -day life to cooperate maximally with the gift of this grace. Today's feast gives you and me lots to focus on in the week ahead. So epiphany is from the Greek word that means manifestation. In the Western church, we focus on the manifestation of Jesus to the non-Jewish world, to the entire world, through the experience of the Magi. Jesus doesn't come as a Jewish man, which he is, just to give salvation to our Jewish ancestors. He comes to offer salvation to all the world. So the Magi are non-Jewish people who experience a manifestation of who the infant Jesus is in their lives. If you and I focus on them this week, and just take this passage, those first 12 verses of this gospel, second chapter, what is it that the Magi do? What is it that they, how is it that they act? And how can I do the same in my life to cooperate with the grace of the Christmas season? So Magi in the ancient Near East are people who are astronomers slash astrologers, not like your cousin Dolores in Hampton Beach, that kind of crazy chain-smoking astrologer. People who look, believe that great world events, that's your cousin, John, right? Uh, great world events are sometimes mirrored in activities in the heavens. So the rising of a star could be associated with the birth of a great person. The Magi are not Jewish. They're from somewhere east of Israel. God is working in them. God gives them the insight when they see the rising of a new star that a great person has been born. That is the truth. The Savior of the world has been born. The Magi make decisions that in the end lead them to experiencing Jesus. Last week when we celebrated the Holy Family, we talked about this basic biblical image of life as a journey. Oh boy, I'm going to fall asleep now. The priest is talking about life as a journey. Do not fall asleep. This is actually important. From the get-go, think about this. In the book of Genesis, our first ancestors, Adam and Eve, after they fall away from God, they are sent on a journey, which is the rest of their lives. They know that God starts the journey. They have no idea where they're going. And I think their hope is that somehow they remain connected with God because God is their only hope of safety of anything on this journey. We talked about last week in the Old Testament, much of the image of life, images, many of the images, Abraham was the one we focused on last week. Life is a journey from God, in God, ultimately to God. Every single Christian should get this. I hope you get this. You were created through Jesus Christ. We're about to profess. Everything in heaven and on earth was created through him. You live, if you want to, in Jesus Christ. When your earthly life ends, you are going to meet a person, Jesus Christ, and he is going to personally judge you. And the ultimate goal of life is to live eternally with Jesus and the Father and the Spirit and everyone who's with them in heaven. Life is, in fact, a journey from Jesus, in Jesus, to Jesus. That's what it's meant to be. So back to the Magi. When you look at them this week, 
you should actually be able to come up with just a long list of observations from that passage of what they do that you can do on the journey of your life. I'm going to give you two, just two, just two, not even three, ideas to get you going. You ready? Are you ready? Idea number one. The Magi, to repeat, presumably know nothing about Jesus. There's no way they could at the beginning of the passage. They over and over again try to learn more about who, it turns out, Jesus is. They make the choice, they could have this, a lot of us do this, we have a realization, a revelation of something great is taking place, and then we have another cigarette, and then we just sit on the couch. They make the choice to get up and to go try to find out more about who Jesus is. Just think, even the where is the newborn king of the Jews, they knew nothing about a king of the Jews. I don't know if they knew anything. They probably knew about the Jewish people. But they have to have asked questions and continued to figure out who is this person who turns out to be Jesus. And in the end, because they do that, day after day, they try to learn more about Jesus, they end up having Jesus reveal himself to them. What's the big deal? Every single thing you and I do, whether you know a lot about him or you know very little about him right now, to try to learn more about who Jesus is, that's how we say yes to his growing in our lives. He will never force himself upon us. Even if you say, I'm open to the grace of the Christmas season, Jesus is not going to shove himself into your brain and into your heart. Every sincere way you try to learn more about him, that's how you let him be born more and more in you. So if you're weak, which I know it does for many people, today's the proof. If you begin your week with coming to this church to try to learn more about Jesus by listening to the scripture, by entering into the prayer, by taking this home and reflecting on it, by talking to other people about it, Every single thing you do to try to build your faith life, blessed are you. And you know, I don't mean this facetiously. If you come to the church and the music is lousy and the priest is a jerk and you're not getting much out of it, but your goal is to learn more about Jesus, you're on the right track. If you're at class at Lawrence Catholic Academy and you don't feel like paying attention, but you figure, I am going to learn more about Jesus today, blessed are you. Every single thing you do to purely try to learn more about him, you can become free of yourself, you can become free of your entertainment level, and he will grow in you. You with me? Thank you. Revival in the back. Idea number two. The Magi, again, I'm sure ask a lot of questions, and of course, the answers to their questions Many of the answers turn out to be true. Plenty of the answers must be false. At the ex some of the answers, I presume, are stupid and ignorant. Some, at the extreme of Herod, are manipulative and, in fact, want to lead them astray. Herod wants to kill whoever this newborn king of the Jews is because he's the corrupt 
held up by the, appointed by the Romans, held up by the Romans, pseudo-king of the Jewish people. He's not really. He's threatened by Jesus. So whoever Jesus is, he wants to eliminate Jesus. When he speaks with the Magi and answers their questions, he's trying to manipulate them to get to kill Jesus. That is the same for you and me. If you and I are asking questions to try to learn who Jesus is, what his teaching is, what's his authentic teaching in the real world, we're going to get plenty of answers that are true. We're going to get plenty of answers that are false, just ignorantly false. We're going to get plenty of answers that are twisted. And without being scary about this, particularly in our country today, you're going to get plenty of answers that are manipulative and are geared toward destroying Jesus. There are plenty of people, mostly who don't know him, like Herod, who are so threatened by Jesus, by the truth he offers us, by the way he expects us to live. There are so many Christians in name who try to manipulate other Christians, knowingly or not knowingly, to live false lives in the name of Jesus. It's crazy. There are even Christians in name who want to destroy Jesus. So nothing to be afraid of, but it is critically important for the Magi to follow the star. The star, through all of it, is an authentic guide from God to show them the true way to Jesus. The star is evidence proven. You want science? on the ground. Here's the data. The star keeps showing us the way to the true Jesus. It's a gift from God. It's reliable. It's authentic. It is proven through evidence to lead to the true Jesus. So for you and me, it's always important, I think this time of the year particularly, just to do an easy assessment. Who and what are the stars in my life that I know at this point authentically, based on evidence, not on theory, not on what other people are telling me, lead me to the true Jesus. Obviously, the scripture, the teaching of the church, the authentic teaching of the church, the prayer that we enter into in the church, catechists, I hope, in this community who are actually responsible, teaching authentic Catholic doctrine, friends and family whom you have relied on and you've seen, they actually, in the end, they tell me the truth about Jesus. Whether I like it at a given moment or not, I can see it turns out to have been the truth. Who and what are the stars in your life right now that are reliable guides to the true Jesus? And I would say make a list in your head or on your phone, or if you know how to write, which very few of us do, you can even write it down. It may be a very short list, it's a very important list of people and gifts from God. I'd keep that, I do keep that with me. Even news media, what media, and it's not usually secular, report about Catholic issues in ways that turn out to be reliable. I keep that list. I try to be sure I get back to that list, particularly when things are confusing. And when I find I can add to that list, Boy, that person or that reality is a true gift from God. So the grace of Christmas continues to pour through the Holy Spirit. Please stay open for two days and spend the rest of this week 
considering yourself magi. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.